Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke in the ninth chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated, and I welcome the children forward for the children's message. Please pray with me. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay. So if you listened, I prayed differently. May the words of our mouths. This means audience participation. It will not be hard. I promise. Promise. Okay. So here's the first thing I want you to do. We're going to take about 15, 20 seconds. And I want you to think about, in your mind... What makes a church a successful church? 
What makes a church a successful church? I'm going to give you 15 seconds to think. church, a successful church. Go. People. Did I hear miracles? The gospel. Love. God. Giving. Giving. Caring. What's it? Welcome. Faith. Acceptance. Ah, oh, the Eucharist. Speak into my heart, Andrew. Anything else? Love. Love. Baptize the unbaptized. Sorry, my battery is dead. part today. 
So, the transfiguration happens. In Greek, it's salmezo. Amazing. Blows your mind. Still kind of blows your mind when you think about it. They go up to a mountain to pray, and Jesus turns all dazzling white, and oh yeah, Elijah and Moses are there, and they're talking. And who would have envisioned that happening? No one. And of course, the disciples are amazed, because it's amazing. And they really want to stay in the moment, right? It's good to be here, let's stay in this moment forever, because mountaintop moments are awesome. We want that forever. But that's really not in the Gospel of Luke, where they really understand what Jesus is all about. That's not, they say uh, here that, you know, they see him in his glory, but that's not what the glory is all about with Jesus. It's not just the dazzling white clothes. Because if Jesus was just about dazzling white clothes, he would just be a fashion model and a fashion statement. And the last time I checked, that's not what Jesus is about, thank God. They come down off the mountain, and they're met by a man whose son is possessed by a demon. And the disciples can't get it to go away and leave him, and he asks Jesus to. And what does Jesus do? He heals him, and the demon goes away. And that's the moment, the healing, when they really see what Jesus is all about. It's not just being a fashion model and changed to dazzling white and talking with the two historical men of the faith. It's that he's down healing and being with the people and bringing life and liberation to someone who was sick and apart from his community. The world tells us that glory is fashion model Jesus. The world tells us that even in the church there is such a thing as a successful church and it looks like fashion model Jesus, where everyone's happy and everyone is fine. And everyone is just singing God's praises and no one is hurting and they're meeting their budget and they're having coffee while they're doing it and it's just gorgeous. But that's not what glory is about. Glory isn't about perfection. It's not about everything being okay and just right. We see Jesus' glory not at its best on the mountain, but down healing the people in the ordinary concerns of their lives. Glory is in the ordinary. That is where God's glory is seen the best. So I am not your pastor. So this is sometimes easier, especially because I'm not with you all the time, for me to see. So let me tell you where I see the glory here. 
and why glory is in the ordinary that's all around you. You just might not know it. I see glory best on Monday nights where 14 people get together and talk about the Bible and my son and Mackenzie hang out and play and it's a joy for both of them to get together. Does the world consider that a successful program? 14 people getting together at a church this big? No, we need more people. More people need to get there. No. Come, please, let me not discourage you from coming, but let me invite you instead to a community of glory that is small and intimate and honest. That's one. I see glory in that you take chances in your community. Glory was a cold night out on this corner, holding candles and praying for that shop owner across the street. That was glory. Glory is taking chances when things change. Heather took a sabbatical. So you took a chance to educate someone and bring gifts that they brought alongside and share the ministry that is music here and to learn and to do some new things and to share together. That's a chance and a risk and something important because do you know how many people are going into church professions, period? No, there are not. So any opportunity, no matter how small, to come and share gifts that you bring and that they have and that we bring together is glory. Glory is in ordinary things. This morning is glory. I had no idea who we were going to see today. I wasn't ready to give up church just for a little scroll. However, you have come to be together as community. To come here together to worship God and give thanks. And to come and meet around the rail. And receive the ordinary things that are glorified because of God's word. That you can be fed to do glory every day. Now we think, again, glory is perfection. It's not because we're involved. And the last time I checked, I wasn't perfect. Don't know about all you. Not judging. <laughs> but we need this time together. These small glimpses of glory, one hour a week, to come here, to hear the word, to begin listening to those lessons, to have moments of reflection so that we can go out and see glory. Because the world tells us very differently what glory is, and we need to come here to be reminded and fed every week, if possible, as possible. 
be fed to do this work of seeing glory among us and helping the world see glory in a different way. Because we all know the world out there is seeing glory in a different way. And our calling as Christians is to help them see glory in their ordinary, just as they are moments. Because then we take everything in life for granted if we don't. All these moments we've been given help us learn about love and liberation, which is who God is all about. So, the church in its glorious state, you told me, is a community. It's welcoming, it's warmth, it's love, it's sharing the gospel. It's all those things. And you're all called to see those glorious moments and be part of the church, not just here, but out in the world every day. Because glory is in the ordinary. Amen? Amen. Not definitive enough. Amen? Amen.